Welcome to the Ferris Love Shrine Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with Chris Bofill, a registered oncology nurse and a certified health and nutrition coach. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. We're excited. Today, we're actually going to talk about health and nutrition for your families, how to make healthy choices in the kitchen, and then also a little bit outside of that as well. Great. So let's just dive right in. What do you see as being kind of the most common mistakes families make when it comes to their health and well-being? I think number one is over scheduling. Oh, okay. Because um, that leaves little time to cook, cooking at home and meal prepping at home and mm-hmm. meal prepping together. Um, that's probably the number one pitfall. The other one is, of course, using too many processed foods and not enough intake of fruits and veggies. Mm. The, those would be my your top two. My top two. That yeah. makes sense. Especially, I feel like today we are constantly overbooked. We're running from thing to thing, and so it's true. You're probably in the car taking one kid to soccer practice and picking some other kid up from soccer practice, and you're like, oh, we'll just swing through the drive-thru, mm-hmm. grab some Happy Meals, and go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. So if you were going to try and start um, making healthier choices, right, how, how do you go about doing that? Well, I think the first thing is to take an honest look mm. about, okay, what's really happening? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes we don't realize that the scenario you just described happens more often than you think it sure. does. And uh, even though you're trying to eat healthy and that's what you want, this is what ends up happening. So I would say that a great place to start is planning. Mm. Like I, you know, when I coach people and, and families, I tell them, what if you um, set aside two hours a week mm. of family meal prepping time? Oh. And I think that can be a huge game changer because you can do a lot of prepping ahead so that when the week gets crazy, it's not so difficult to actually cook from scratch Mm -hmm. because you've already chopped, you've already decided what you needed, you've made hopefully the grocery shopping for a week, Mm -hmm. and that can make a big difference. Sure, that makes total sense. Um, And how, walk us through a little bit, how how do you meal prep? Like what does that look like for a family? So the first thing is making a menu. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people to get the family involved in the menu choices. Um, of course, most of the time, mom or dad are going to make the final call. But if you get the kids involved, it's most, more likely that they will mm-hmm. actually eat it. Sure. Um, so making a menu. Um, taking a little bit of inventory of what you have at hand and maybe incorporating those things into your menu so they don't go bad and your food doesn't expire. And then making a shopping list and going grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, then you bring your things in and then then is mostly when you can get the family involved. You, you know, if you're going to do fajitas, you can cook your chicken and chop it up. Or maybe not necessarily cook your chicken, but you can uh, chop up your veggies, your Mm -hmm. peppers, your onions, your tomatoes, and then you can put them, like some people use mason jars Mm -hmm. that um, preserve the food really fresh, Mm -hmm. and, and there you go. 
And then you can also do that with the snacks if you want your kids to start snacking mm. more healthy. Sure. Is prepping some things that you know they are going to eat um, and make it easy for them to grab and go. Mm. I like that idea. Like a little baggie of even the baby carrots or cut up apple slices. If they're already done, that's much easier to grab than... Or they're, it's just as easy to grab, I guess, as the fruit snacks. Yeah. Which are yeah. not as good for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Interesting. Um, so tell us, Chris, when you like first start working with a family to create these healthier options, where do you start with them? Good question. So the first place is uh, I start by interviewing them and mm. kind of finding out what are their goals so that I can meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, the next step is doing what I call a pantry makeover, mm. where uh, we literally, uh, I come to the person's house. Sometimes we can do it also uh, via Zoom. Sure. But I love going to people's houses. And then we go into the, the fridge, the freezer, and the pantry and take a look at everything that's there. And then we sit down and we talk about First, first of all, reading labels, mm. um, and yeah, depending on how knowledgeable the person is on reading labels, we go deeper or not so mm-hmm. deep, and then we practice label reading with some of the items that are in their mm. pantry or in their fridge, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then from there, we dialogue about you know sure. most of the time, people come up themselves with what's the next step Mm -hmm. and they are like oh my gosh i'm not buying this again Mm. or i'm not buying that again that that for sure and of course one of the things that i always include in my interview is how much home cooking they do from scratch Mm -hmm. how many times do they go out to eat Mm -hmm. during the week because most of the time people have the objection of, yeah, but eating healthy is so much more expensive. We mm. can't afford this or that. Mm-hmm. So we have to address that by looking a little bit into, okay, is there any place where we could save? Great. So how would you go about eating healthy but still saving money or at least spending the same amount of money that you were spending on the processed stuff? Great question. Well, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but um, I tell uh, moms especially when they go grocery shopping, do their normal thing. Mm-hmm. And then before they get to the register to take a look in their cart to see is there any product in here that is A, not essential, mm. B, empty calories, mm-hmm. three, what I call really a non-food item. Okay. Give an example. What's a non-food item? Soda. Oh, Okay. Um, most cookies, candy mm-hmm. bars, I hate to say it, but chips. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we like them, they are yummy, but do they really give us any value to our bodies? Okay. Do they contribute to our health? Mm-hmm. So that's a non-food item, something that doesn't really contribute to our health. So it's just kind of yeah. wasted calories, no vitamins, no good things for you. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that once they do that, then what? Then they, I want them to calculate how much more or less that's going to be. Mm. And then just, uh, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Then think, okay, if those maybe $15 that you would save every week, 
Um, what could you spend them in? Mm. Could you spend them in a couple of good veggies um, mm-hmm. and a little more fruit? Sure. And then that's that's one way of saving. Mm-hmm. Another way of saving, too, is not just taking a look at your food bill, but taking a look at your overall house budget. Mm. Like I had a friend that um, really wanted to clean up their diet and she had like four little kids and lots of expenses. And they started looking at overall every expense, car Mm -hmm. expenses, house expenses, outing expenses. Hmm. And then they realized that they could save a hundred or two hundred dollars a month to put them in their food budget. Interesting. Doing not doing some things that were as important as sitting healthy. Hmm. So it's 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 an overall looking to see how you can save. Obviously, you have to shop around, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure most frugal moms know to do that. Sure. Um, so you know your Sam's, your Aldi's are gonna be sure A better good, good investments. And now, too, as we approach the summer months, sometimes even the farmer's markets mm-hmm. locally can be a good option as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing to look at is how many times do you go out to eat or order out? Mm. Um, it could be interesting to look at a whole month and see, okay, mm-hmm. add up. Maybe some families never do that, but... They say that the average American goes out to eat or orders out three to four times a week. Wow. Three and to four times a week. And it's a lot more expensive to order or to, well, mm-hmm. to order out, not as much, but it's really more expensive to go out to eat than to prep your food at home mm-hmm. with whole food ingredients. Sure. So even just going out to eat two times a week instead of four times a week or three times a week could mm-hmm. save you a fair amount of money to then invest into more natural, more holistic type of foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So interesting. Um, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, kind of reading nutrition labels and that kind of a thing. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Like what should we look for as red flags or as good things when we're looking at a nutrition label? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, some people are like, I barely have time to go grocery shopping, <laughs> let alone mm-hmm. look at labels when I'm grocery shopping. Sure. I'm just speeding through the store. Okay, so I tell people, okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> uh, don't go so fast, but don't think you have to invest so much time. So I have a couple of tricks that can help you determine if an item is worth it or not pretty fast without getting complicated. Right. So when you look at that label... The first thing I go to is the ingredient list. Mm-hmm. Skip the nutritional content, which can look really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Go straight to the ingredient list. And then the ingredient list, does it have less than 10 ingredients and even better, five or less? Mm. Um, can you pronounce the ingredients on the oh. ingredient list? Yeah. Do you have any numbers? Numbers usually represent colors. Not a good thing. Mm. Um, do you see in their um, MSG, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated fats, all of those things, I would eliminate it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all forms of sugar. There is so many different forms of sugar. Um, there's about a hundred different names that the food industry 
has managed to give sugar now mm. so that when they list it, it doesn't look like sugar. Sure. But anyway, um, and then the next thing that I do is, okay, then go to, to the nutrition portion and look at how many added sugars. Mm. And that's it. If it has more than five, six, seven, eight grams of sugar, mm -hmm. You don't need it. Mm. And I'm talking about added sugars, okay? Because carbs are different from added sugars. Added sure. sugars usually fall under carbs. But carbs are a good thing. We need some good carbs. So just look at the added sugars. Mm. Um, and then it depends if you're concerned about anything in particular. If, if you have a heart problem and you're watching your salt, then you want to take a look at the sodium, which is the salt. We want to keep our sodium intake to less than 1,500 milligrams a day. So if one item has 300 milligrams of, sh of salt, you're mm -hmm. like, that's kind of a high content mm -hmm. considering that I might be eating other items sure. beside that one that it adds up really fast. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, is that helpful? Yeah, I think that's super helpful. I've heard too said before that it's better to shop the kind of perimeter of a grocery store as opposed to the the like inner aisles because the inner aisles are often filled with things that are much more processed and fake whereas the outer tends to be more the fruits and vegetables the homemade bread the meats the like those kinds of things is that yeah true? that's a great that's a great point mm -hmm. when i do the um shopping trips with my clients that's where we start mm. i teach them okay first go the parameter of the store and then yeah mm -hmm. interesting um so i know a lot of parents complain like their kids don't like vegetables they mm -hmm. don't like them they even some fruits honestly mm -hmm. do you have any advice for parents who struggle with picky eaters yes. or kids who just are like no i'm not doing that i'm not eating those yes 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 uh, first of all, there is hope. Okay, good. <laughs> Don't give up. Um, the good news is that children's taste buds mm -hmm. regenerate every 10 to 14 days. Whoa. So to change a kid's liking or disliking of an item is not that difficult. Mm. So that being said, um, I always tell people to start as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you your kids are already older and you don't have a chance to start in the wound already, right? Mm -hmm. Start in the wound by mommy eating as many fruits and veggies as you can. Your kid will be born. And if you start introducing fruits and veggies that are appropriate for, you know, 13 months, 14 months, 16 months, mm -hmm they will take them and they will continue to ask for those. Hmm. Now, if that time is passed, I tell people, disguise them. Hmm. Disguise your fruits and veggies in whichever way you can. For example, if you can get your kids to eat smoothies, hmm. you can add so many things to smoothies sure. and still be delicious. Spinach, avocados. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um you can also disguise them in casseroles mm. and those are great very economical meals to make casseroles mm -hmm. um, so as you're disguising little by little they are going to be acquiring those tastes that mm. they don't even know about and then when you try to give it to them maybe raw or maybe 
um, as a separate dish, then you'll be surprised that they might start being more able to take them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I tell moms, be creative and let the kids have fun with raw fruits and veggies and challenge them to make a funny face mm. with this cut up peppers and a couple of cut up pieces of, I don't know, um, uh, mandarin oranges or grapes mm-hmm. and um yeah and then they might be more willing to eat them mm-hmm. what about um for adults who are just like i don't like vegetables either do you same idea or do you have other I, absolutely mm-hmm. the same idea okay yeah the the only uh advantage with adults is that you can go intellectually more Mm -hmm. so when you educate adults and you can do it in many different uh ways but i always say that to eat healthy is an intellectual decision Mm -hmm. Uh, you first has have to be so so convinced intellectually why is it worthwhile Mm -hmm. because we're way too addicted to so many goodies that we've been eating all our lives that to give them up because you realize that it's too much sugar or Mm -hmm. it's too much junk and it doesn't really Mm -hmm. give you any good or you are sick you're sick from things if you're not sick it's hard to give it up so you have to convince (laughs) people intellectually and to really Mm -hmm. kind of coach them sure that makes sense that Makes me think, do you have any interesting like statistics or studies or information to kind of share about what a difference healthy food and healthy living makes? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there is. Okay, statistics. I uh, I have statistics about <laughs> what unhealthy eating okay. does because unfortunately that's what's more out there sure, as far as more studied. Mm-hmm. But um, I would just... Okay, so one childhood statistic that's very current and it's very startling is that 54% of children in America are either obese or have a chronic illness. Wow. That's more than half of our children. Mm-hmm. That's incredible in a first world country mm-hmm. as rich as ours. Another um, amazing statistic is that... Um, the average adult American eats one to two servings of fruits and veggies a day. That's it? Yeah. One to two of fruits and veggies. Yeah. <laughs> and the average uh, child eats less than half a serving of fruits and veggies a day. Whoa. And how much should they be eating? So adults should be eating seven to 13 servings of fruits and veggies a day. Wow. Which is virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. But that is the case because, unfortunately, by the time that fruits and veggies get to our plate, they might have lost about 60% of their nutritional value mm-hmm. because of many different factors. Sure. But being harvested when it's way too early, transportation, mm-hmm. refrigeration, and on and on, right? Wow, yeah. So that's why the servings have gone up to, to so much. It used to be five, the recommendation. Mm. And now they are saying seven to 13. Higher numbers oh. for athletes. Sure. That makes sense. Seven to 13 because you're, you're not getting as much nutrition. So you need to kind of supplement that with more. Um, 
I feel like I'd be eating fruits all day, every day. Right, right. That way. Interesting. Right. And the right. kids, too, they are getting a half serving every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. No, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason why I got into this, nutrition and, and wellness, is because I was so tired of seeing so much cancer and so mm. much chronic illness and mm-hmm. so many people on very different and complicated diets mm-hmm. and young people that I just decided I need to study this and figure out what are we eating mm-hmm. and what's causing, what what can we do about it? Um, it is so interesting how diet can make a huge difference, especially for people with chronic illnesses, autoimmune diseases, cancer, like those kinds of things. I have a sister who has an autoimmune disease and she overhauled her whole diet and the doctors are still in awe at how slowly her disease is progressing. Mm-hmm. But it's because she is dogged about what she eats and what she doesn't eat and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. that with your patients exactly. and with your clients that you coach. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, um, yeah, I've also seen it in behavior issues with mm. children. You know, when parents decide to pretty much take all the sugar away from the house, almost all of it away, and they see kids that were so hyper, all of a sudden they are more calm, mm-hmm. they are behaving better in school, they are not as smoothy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course, everything we eat has an incredible impact um, in how we feel. Also, energy-wise, you see adults that clean up their diet. I just had a client not that long ago who... In a matter of like eight weeks, um, she cleaned up her diet and she felt so much more energy. She mm-hmm. was sleeping better. She was, um, she had less weight. She felt less inflamed. So, yeah, I don't have that many statistics in regards of the health, <laughs> but uh, sorry, but but it's it's very impactful. Sure, that makes sense. Um, so I imagine. For a lot of families who are listening to this, they're thinking like, oh my gosh, this sounds kind of overwhelming, overhauling my entire family's like way of eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's maybe been established for a long time, right? Maybe if you have teenage kids, you've been mm-hmm. living this way for a while. So what are some kind of simple things that they can do to start on this journey? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think the first thing, the first place to start every time you want to make a change is to take an honest look on what's Mm. happening Mm -hmm. and to perhaps set set a couple of goals. Um, You have to go baby steps. So maybe it is doing the looking to the pantry and the fridge and saying, okay, is there a couple of items that we can remove? Mm -hmm. And then start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, can I introduce a veggie or, for example, I tell people, okay, so whole wheat rice and whole wheat pasta is a lot healthier than white. Mm. Uh, white has very little nutritional value, but people are so used to that, they think the wheat, the wheat anything is gross. So how, you, how do you switch? So I, I tell people, do half and half mm. or start maybe a fourth of brown rice and three-fourths of white rice sure. and start with that. Gradual. Let the kids get used to that or the husband used mm-hmm. to that. And then the same thing with pasta. So mix it up a little bit or put it in a casserole when it's not so obvious. Sure. 
So little by little, it's 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 a process. Um, another thing that is a good place to start is menu planning. Mm -hmm. um, people think they don't have time for that, but in the long run, it saves you so much time and mm -hmm. it saves you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And um, once you start, like, again, I, I'm going back to one of my clients. She didn't like to cook. And, um, you know, once we started coaching, and she started okay I, i'm gonna start cooking i'm gonna mm -hmm. start cooking and by the end of our uh, coaching uh session she was like i actually i'm enjoying cooking mm. now like i have cooked some things that the kids have liked and it's not <laughs> so difficult and she just couldn't believe it so it's true like sometimes it's kind of like overcoming the fear of doing something that perhaps we haven't done that much and can we really do it and then once you start practicing it it doesn't take as much time as you thought it did mm -hmm. so that makes sense and i'm sure too once you kind of get into the rhythm of it it becomes easier you can also start reusing menus that you've had before seasonally or whatever mm -hmm. and that also you know, once you've made an entire year of menus, you could just keep repeating that year or something like that. Right, mm -hmm. right, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, people, you you start uh, taking note of the things that people love. You know, you did mm -hmm. something that you hadn't done before, and actually people loved it. So jot it down. Mm -hmm. Do it once a week. Sure. Um, and then introducing maybe a new veggie and a new fruit a week mm -hmm. or a, a new fruit or veggie dish mm -hmm. because the variety of fruits and veggies are, is as important as the number mm. and we tend to eat always the same ones sure apples oranges yeah bananas yeah so introducing different colors and varieties is really healthy because all the different colors have different nutrients mm. it's good to know so get those blueberries and strawberries and kiwis exactly and all of that okay yeah. great um, okay, Chris, before we let you go, let's shift just slightly out of the food healthy side of things. Mm -hmm. Do you have any quick tips for healthy habits for families beyond the kitchen? Okay. Yes. Um, the first thing is the family that prays together stays together. So yeah, praying as a family. Just the other day, I heard of a family that they have the tradition that when all the kids wake up in the morning, everybody congregates in the staircase and they do a morning offering together yeah. and the kids are half awake and whatever and whatever. But I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. What a simple way to start the day. Then get out, mm. get out in nature, go out and play with the kids outside, get the kids outside away from screens as much as you possibly can. And I know that's a basic and everybody probably has it on their radar, but um, you have to be creative and come up with creative plans for the kids to want to do it mm -hmm. and for them not to miss their phones. So. Be creative to get the kids out. And there's so many great things to do now that the good weather starts, especially. The other thing is establishing good sleeping habits mm. for the whole family. Mm -hmm. So what that might mean for each family is different. But a good rule of thumb is definitely for 
children and young adults, no electronics in the bedrooms at night. Um, there, there is an epidemic right now of teens uh, sleep deprivation mm-hmm. and a lot of it is due to their use of the phone at night. So you're a parent, you have the power to say, Mm-mm, phones mm-hmm. are staying out, we're getting alarm clocks, you don't need the phone at night, you need to sleep. Mm-hmm. So sleeping habits, and the same for adults, really. A lot of adults are sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Great. And yeah. Those are excellent. Those are some really easy, well, not easy necessarily to do, but easy to follow and understand mm-hmm. tips. So this is great. Chris, if people want to find you um, to learn more about either your practice or just the tips that you provide, where can they do that? You can go to my website, which is Well Nutrition Solutions, uh, all in a row, um, dot com. And you can follow me on Instagram. Katie can put the names, sure. which I always can... forget what they are. <laughs> we can put them in the show notes. Not a problem uh, on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah, so yes, great. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was great being with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing with family and friends and help spread the message about Ferris Love Shrine 